So much of life really is about decisions. There are decisions all the time in life. And in fact, the quality of how we experience life can sometimes, or you could say could be mapped against our ability to flow in our decisions. And yet so many of us can feel lost and confused when it comes to all the sort of little decisions of life, all the big decisions of life. And even if we're good at decisions, <laughs> there's always room to refine and review how we make them. And in this episode, I'm going to be looking at your guiding lights. How do you find your guiding lights? Because when you have guiding lights in your life, those decisions can become so much easier. Sound good? Well, let's get into it. Hit it, Kim. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast. You're in the right place if you're a growth-seeking being who acknowledges the challenges and delights of your humanity on the path to an ever more conscious life. If you want to feel inspired to love and accept yourself, to feel free to be and express you in all your brilliance, if you want to truly value yourself and others and feel energized and alive both at home and in the world, then sit back and take a breath as you explore and grow the brilliance of your beautiful human self with your host, the father of non-personal awareness and creator of the MPA process, Joel Young. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. I'm delighted you're here. If you're brand new, I'm so glad that you have found us. And if you're back for more, I love that you come back and give me some ear space <laughs> in your week to go and pontificate and hopefully share things with you that help improve your life, help you become a more brilliant human. And um, if you haven't already, then make sure you go ahead and download the MPA worksheet. Uh, again, if you're new here, you're probably going, what the heck is MPA? MPA is a simple six-line spoken word process that helps you stop taking things so personally. It's a bit like um, taking you from a life where you're like one of those beaten up old frying pans with all the non-stick gone and egg gets stuck on it. <laughs> the stuff of life sticks to you. An MPA is like Teflon for the soul. It allows you to apply a beautiful layer of non-stick to your life. So the stuff of life that really needs to go down the down the waste disposal can go where it belongs and leave you shiny new and fresh to interact with life. And the MPA process is where it all starts. And you can get hold of that on my main website, Joel Young NPA, that's NovemberPapaAlpha.com, uh, or go to the BeABrilliantHuman.com website. And of course, if you want to find any of, well, notes for this episode or any of the previous episodes, you just need to put BeABrilliantHuman.com slash then the number of the episode. So for today's show notes, it would be www.beabrilliantuman.com slash 59 and you can get the notes for the show and all the links and stuff that I mention. So what are we talking about today? Well, decisions really. Now, I've, I've kind of covered in one sense the topic of decisions and, and those kind of things in a couple of other episodes, but in very different ways. And I wanted to come back to it today. So for example, back in episode five, um, there was what was actually a very popular episode called Making the Decision to Let Go. And that was focusing on sort of the idea of decision pressure 
and was helping understand how to take the friction out of that so um, and and how to communicate or connect with your inner decision maker so that's one aspect of it in a you know in one of those pressurized situations how can you get access to the decision maker inside of you it's a great episode episode five again the show notes for that www.babrahamhuman.com slash five will get you there and then later on in episode 33 i was talking about how to handle uncertainty and flow which again the focus there in terms of because that is kind of about decisions and uncertainty in the whole aspect of that was more about becoming present and getting out of the future thinking that can get you all tangled up um, especially and also about when you're really craving or seeking certainty which can for some people can be like a uh, an ongoing life experience so that was designed to help there but they're both really good episodes that kind of um, if, if this episode particularly resonates with you, they're great episodes to go to. So again, for episode 33, com slash 33, and you can have a listen to that. And of course, they'll both be linked in today's show notes. So in, in this episode today, I'm looking at it from a, a slightly different angle because in a sense, as I said in that intro, life is really about decisions. Decisions happen all the time. And one of the, interestingly, one of the principles, we're going to talk about the principles that I live by, is the idea of, of how can I help people to navigate the waters of life? And this episode very much is about finding your navigators. You could say the things that help you get clarity on the decisions so that as you go through a life which is decision after decision, you have some some awareness of what are the key things that will, will be like your rudder uh, and the navigators that help you be clearer than you might otherwise be on what is the best decision to make in any given situation. So I'm going to break it down for you. I'm going to give you, first of all, kind of an, an overview of where I'm coming from and how it maps to many other people's. There's lots of different words that we use for this kind of thing. I like to use guiding lights because it's it's encompasses all the different aspects that you might come across that sounds familiar here. But I'm going to give you a general overview of where I'm coming from and why it's important, why it matters. And then we'll get into sort of uh, sort of the best guidance I can give you really on how you can find your guiding lights in different situations. So let's drill down a bit. What do I mean by your guiding lights? Well, first of all, why, why is it important to have some kind of rudder or navigator or, or something that gives you clarity on decision making? Well, when you when you know what matters to you, when you know what's important, it can you can set these things up in a way where they are alive in you to the degree that you don't necessarily have to consciously ask yourself a series of questions or bring awareness to the various um, nature of your guiding lights. Once you become conscious of them and practice them, they just become part of your being. But the first step is always to become conscious. <laughs> 
<laughs> if we don't really know what matters to us, if we don't really know uh, what those guiding lights are, then it's like we have to reinvent the wheel every single time that we face a decision. And that can lead us to all sorts of things like being confused by other people's opinions and sort of input from various research, because in a sense, we don't know ourselves and what matters to us. So in a, in a way, your guiding lights are a, a map, really, or, a, or sort of sticking the flag in certain areas in certain contexts that help you connect to you and what matters to you and what your values are, those kind of things. So speaking of values, that's one of the words that is often used for these. Um, so it's like, uh, I could think of them as your guiding lights as your principles, your values, it could be your metrics, you know, what are the metrics that, that are important to you? You could think of them as underlying mantras, or perhaps they come as questions or, or even thinking of them as mindsets. There's all these different words that I'm grouping together as your guiding lights. Now, one of the things to say about them is that there may be different guiding lights you have in different contexts. So there may be things that are in a, in say a work context where you know your guiding lights around decision there. There may be um, guiding lights around relationships or guiding lights around general decisions. So this isn't something that I can necessarily sort of map out in an easy way for you. This is part of this whole process of finding your guiding lights is about just some self-inquiry and into what matters to you, what's important. And it is, as I always say on this program, it's like, it, it's, it's a discovery. Life is a discovery. And the other thing to say about them is that, yes, that that they can, you can find your guiding lights in different contexts or overarching guiding lights, but they're not necessarily, um, fixed or static. I mean, they can be. I've got ones which I'll share with you in a moment, which have been with me for years and years and years. Um, but th there's always an opening to to have them evolve. And, you know, as we go through life, we might find that we can tweak or improve or, or even throw out some of our guiding lights because, you know, life changes. We change. What matters to us changes. You know, we are um, fluid beings, really, aren't we? <laughs> changing all the time um, and yet there are constancies that happen you know all the way through let me let me give you an example so I can talk a bit about some of my guiding lights if you like so in the sort of principles values metrics mantras questions mindset area mine when I wrote them down I thought oh they actually kind of come as questions so I often have these as alive questions within me that help me make decisions in different areas of my life. So the first one to share with you is, is it kind to me? Now I talked about this and I told the story of how this came about um, many years ago. Uh, I talked about this in the last episode, episode 58, which was 10 ways to handle or to deal with intense negativity. And is it kind to me? And I wrote the ebook and <laughs> all these things. It's very much has been since then alive in me and is there with me today. And the principle of is it kind to me, just in, in case you haven't yet listened to episode 58, although it's a great episode, go listen to it, um, is that it was about including myself in the equation of kindness. I found that, you know, I had a guiding principle of kindness in general. And this is a good example of how it can evolve. And then I began to realize that me focusing kindness outwardly, where uh, but not really including myself in that inquiry, 
uh, just really didn't work. It wasn't ultimately kind to other people at times, and it certainly wasn't kind to me. So to me, it wasn't actually kindness in its pure form. So the question, is it kind to me, is one of my guiding lights. So if I'm asked to do something, if, um, you know, and it, it's often action related or choice related, I'll ask or that inward inquiry will be alive in me. Is it kind to me? If it is, great. And if it's not, then it's a no. So it gives me a clear yes, no decision um, just from having that question alive in me. And that one really works for me. It fits all of my, um, you know, it, it, it suits me. It's very much part of me. And the second one is, is it kind? Is it useful? So again, you'll see kindness, clearly a big value of mine, um, is in there. But this one I tend to use more in the sort of sharing stuff, speaking out what I say, what I choose to say or don't choose to say, because it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes I might sort of have a situation. I certainly had this in the past. This is where this came from, where I might have a you know, a, a clever idea or some knowledge, but it's, it, I found it wasn't always, you know, kind or useful to actually speak that out. So I find this a good check when it comes to whether I speak something out or sharing. I'll ask myself, is it kind? Is it useful? If it, if the answer that comes back internally with me is yes, it's kind and it's useful, then it passes that check and I will then speak it out. Now, I don't like have a have a life where this this tape is running with everything I say, but there are times in life where I might ponder, you know, is this something I th that would be good to say right now? Whether it's challenging somebody, uh, whether it's sharing an idea, because there are times in life where someone may be just looking to be heard and not want a solution, for example. And so that's when that guiding light will sort of come up for me. Is it kind? Is it useful? And helps me um, be true to myself in what I choose to share. And the last one I want to share with you that that's that's one of mine specifically is what's the common intention? Again, you'll notice th these all for me question marks uh, is, you know, what's the common intention? Um, and this is kind of very much in the relational context. Now, relational, I mean, obviously, with other people that I'm in relationship with, be that family or, um, you know, intimate relationships but it's also it also works really well with relationships within myself so my relationship to anything really my relationship to maybe there's parts of me in conflict this is a really good um this is a really good guiding light for me is to ask what's the common intention and the reason there is because one of the things that i realized really worked for me it helped me keep me in alignment with me and on track was to look at what's the common intention i'm generally conflict averse you know <laughs> i much of my younger life i was conflict avoidant you know and and was scared of conflict and i'm i'm not scared of conflict anymore but where it's possible to uh, resolve things especially without getting trapped into that kind of uh, those circular arguments and the the rock and the hard place and just just the the no win fights is is I found that finding a common intention and then sort of moving forward with a solution towards a common intention is a fantastic way to um, it really works for me so often when it comes to relational decisions or or certainly with conflict this is definitely a sort of uh, conflict based guiding light. 
then that that guiding light of what is the common intention will inform um, the questions I ask, what I share, how I approach it, the energy I come from when I go into any kind of uh, tricky relational situation. So I wanted to give you those as sort of my examples of, of, of how I or to give you an idea of what I mean by guiding lights. Now, a couple of other ones I want to share with you, and hopefully in, in, in those examples, you can see how they're really useful and powerful for me in my life. And again, this episode really is about, you know, how can I help you to sort of become more aware, conscious of, you know, what are your guiding lights in different situations? So one of the things that I, I mentioned was metrics. And you might go, what do you mean by metrics? Well, um, for some people or in certain situations, metrics are really good guiding lights because they let you know what is measurable. Um, and from the measures, you can make your decisions in that way. So in a business, you know, there's measures of profitability. Um, you know, a company might have values um, or, or which are reflected in metrics to do with, for example, cutting down their carbon footprint might be a metric that becomes really important. There would be the profit metric the the carbon footprint metric it may be a uh, staff happiness metric but by finding the metrics they're very clear those metrics then are the guiding lights that define the decisions that the company makes about how it proceeds or, or what it does they're really really good um, and I have a you know a client of mine uh, is a good example of someone who uses metrics in their life so in their younger life um, money was one of the most important metrics you know and you can think of this in terms of equations and balances you know in the equation of his life you know to to build his wealth and his money was was kind of probably one of the primary guiding lights for him so he could make decisions you know do i make you know money versus hassle <laughs> that was the metric and and more more recently you know well-being has been a metric that's come in in terms of the balance of whether he makes decisions about to do this job or that job um but that's a shift in the metrics but he was always very clear on what the metrics were and, and again as we've worked together it's it's become clearer and clearer that the the balance has shifted so he's weighted the metrics but that clarity around them are really good guiding lights and and because that's the way that um that it works for him metrics are something which really speak his language it's like it's true to who he is is to to work by those metrics so again i would put those under guiding lights but there's sort of that more specific measurable quality that goes into it and as you know as you go to looking at you know what are your guiding lights you might find that you know uh, principles are something that speaks to you more of values that speaks to you more of metrics or uh, you know mantras or questions or mindsets you know finding your own language in a way is is part of it um because if you find that someone who likes measurement, then metrics may be a good place to start to find your guiding lights. And another client of mine who kind of um, was speaking this week and it kind of inspired this episode because um, she's someone who is really looking at this point ahead to 2021 and, you know, looking towards and, and over the time that, that we've worked together, we've looked at different guiding lights, different values, different things that can be a focus for her over a specific period. And and she identified that there were, you know, from from working it through, coming into to sort of consciousness around things, we got to a point where she sort of had three three guiding lights to take her forward.
forward into 2021, which was to be, I'm giving you these examples so you can get a sense of their different flavor to mine, if you like. Um, one was to be here and engaged. So for her, that works as a guiding light as, as she goes, moves into this phase of her life. She, she can be mindful. She can have it alive in her, that sort of inner inquiry of, am I here and engaged? You know, but that's, that's a guiding light. You know, that is something going to help me be here and engaged. That's a guiding light for her. Another important part of, of the, the puzzle there was to be, um, her, her second one was to be stimulated and relaxed, which might seem like opposites in a way. And I think I'm going to do a, an episode on resolving opposites or, you know, um, or living with polarity or making sense of polarity. But I love that stimulated and relaxed. There are wonderful situations where you can be both stimulated and relaxed. And for her, that gave her a real sense of taking, in a sense, her two polarized parts of her and finding that common ground um, and and when she uses that as a guiding light you know is this going to make me feel relaxed and stimulated or can I help myself become more uh, into that position where I have I might be highly stimulated but am I relaxed at the same time so in terms of guiding her or navigating her in in terms of how it really this is like who I want to be, how do I want to be in life going forward, stimulated and relaxed is a guiding light for her. And the last one for her in, 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 at this point was, you know, self-supporting. Again, if I put that as a question, it's, am I supporting myself? Now, this one for her was very much like my, is it kind to me? So as someone who's generally been hugely supportive and, 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 but directed that outward, she was realizing that actually to, to include herself in the equation of support was something which was, was going to be a, a huge, in fact, quite a transformational guiding light for her as she goes forward into this period. So again, hopefully you can see that those examples are quite different. So we've got a metric type, we've got my kind of inquiry type, which is specific situations. And then uh, my client with, with again, a different set of guiding lights, but they, they really, again, remember what they do, they connect her to her, to what matters to her in a way that will help inform and make sort of decisions about what she does, who she is, where she shows up, what she shows up as, um, what she includes herself in, how she behaves. These guiding lights are gonna be a great way for her to stay connected to herself. And that's the point of having them. I'm going to give you one more example, which is I want to talk about the guiding lights of MPA. Now, in MPA, I would call them MPA philosophies, which I didn't include in that list, but it it's it's a valid way of thinking about um, guiding lights. So what are your sort of underpinning or um, you know core philosophies in in your world? So in in MPA. You might think MPA is about not taking things personally. So, um, you know, maybe that's a guiding guiding light for it. Is it not personal? But that's not where it comes from, which is an interesting way to look at, you know, look at it's not always obvious. Um, the guiding philosophies, the, the core philosophies and the guiding lights for MPA, especially using MPA if, you're, if, you're, if I'm using it with myself, with other people, uh, certainly with clients, then there's three. Uh, the first one is animation is king. That's the ultimate one. So in a way, you're probably going to go, what's animation? If you've done any MPA training, training, and I highly recommend you do, then you'll understand animation is my word for um, 
uh, it's, I use the word animation in teaching MPA to describe how to find the key phrases or cookie cutters that you put into the process that make each process unique, distinct and fits you. But animation is a principle which is about aligning with the, the divine movement of the universe, aligning with divine order, you might say, um, or with the nature of how things are. Again, there's loads of ways to, to language it. That's why I call it animation. But as a guy, principle the animation is king is something which trumps all of the other any any guideline any principle any rule that gives you space to open to um, that kind of intuitive knowing and alignment with things um, and it also of course dovetails with the other two which are kind of supportive philosophies of guiding principles and they kind of explain the animation a bit more I suppose which is the second one is to be agendaless have no agenda I always say MPA is an agendaless way it's the agendaless way and, and definitely um, you know if you have the sheet I don't really talk about that much the basic training which is the first place to start to get some training kind of gets mentioned but we don't go into it because that's really about teaching you how to use the process kind of in a practical way in your life but as we get into the advanced training which is now just completing the beta phase and um, very very imminently I'm going to be opening it up to people uh, that's where we really get into these core philosophies and being a genderless is one of the biggest gifts that, that the MPA brings as a guiding philosophy and it's embedded into the practice not having an agenda means that you come into the into any um, process session and generally as a principle for life you take the friction out of um, the friction of expectation um, and the 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 friction of um, you know of of that sort of will without alignment via animation to the universe <laughs> and the last one is to drop the dogma again very similar in a way because dogma is the manifestation of those expectations rules which leave no room for that fluidity that is the true nature of our lives and all of those sort of guiding principles guiding lights the philosophies of, of mpa they support us um, what is a deeper principle from it, which is about fluid structures. So the dance between fluidity and structure, which I believe is the, and certainly MPA supports the idea that we live in fluid structures. You need a certain amount of structure, but you need to have the fluidity. And things like dogma, dogma is all structure, <laughs> no fluidity. Um, agendas invoke structure that um, don't take account of what is happening they, that they say it has to be this way so it uses force rather than um, power power in the sort of more divine sense and animation is the thing which lets you know what's what in that whole equation but MPA has these as these guiding lights and again let's say in the advanced training I go much deeper with this um, as well as you know more practically how to use MPA in all sorts of different scenarios and all the loads of uh, you know loads of ways that you can use it in different scenarios and in different situations but um, the advanced training really goes deep into being a genderless dropping the dogma and and how to really thread animation into your life by the way I will put a link in to the show notes www.beabrillhuman.com slash where are we 59 slash 59 um, to the waitlist because if you if you are interested in, in going further maybe you've got already got basic training 
or you've had some other training with me at some point, um, or you just really want to go deeper with MPA, then you can sign up for the waitlist. There'll be a link there on the page with this episode of how you can sign up. Um, and I'll let you know when, or make sure that you know when I launch the advanced training very, very soon. Um, so make sure you go ahead and do that if you're kind of thinking, ooh, <laughs> that sounds good in my life. I'd like to have an agenda-free non-stick life. That would be fantastic. That would be the great way to go. So what I hope to do in, in this section really is to, to sort of talk about what are these guiding lights Um give you some examples you can get a sense of what i mean by them so that in what we'll do now is go into sort of give you some some advice on how you can find your guiding lights so if you've been around say the coaching world or the personal development world for some time and you hear words like values and principles and things then you probably come across advice to sort of get a piece of paper out you know and and basically think about what your values are make a list write it down now that is valid i would say to a point but what i found for myself and other people that i've spoken to is yes that can work and maybe the sort of person with that that approach really works but i found that that kind of mental approach that sort of thinking figuring out approach to these kind of things rarely means you find ones that truly connect why because as we go back to the mpa guiding lights often you'll find that there's various dogma shoulds this is what i'm supposed to think this is this is what the world says is a good value to have um, tends to kick in so my invitation or my best advice really when it comes to finding your guiding lights is to is to use inquiry now inquiry for me again is not about figuring out that the principles of inquiry is you ask the question and let the answer find you so it's much more of a, a, a about being in receptive mode to discovering what the answer is allowing it to find you and one of the principles of that really is that to understand that whatever your guiding lights are they're already there inside you you know whatever it is if you think about it in terms of what matters and that would be a good question to set off the inquiry is what matters to me in this situation um, and with inquiry you'd ask the question and be still just literally what matters to me and wait and let the answers find you. They might find you as a feeling initially. They might find you as a picture or a memory. Um, and from that, then it will unravel and a form or a way of languaging, if you like, um, a particular guiding light will come to you. But the thing is, you will feel it. It won't just be a mental tick that there'll be an agreement in your in your gut, in your body, in your heart, and in your mind. It's just gonna feel, not just in a purely emotional sense, it's gonna feel like, yes, that's me. That's That feels like me. It will be a good guiding principle, a good guiding light for me. So start with the idea that it's already in you and then use inquiry, you know, what matters to me. Um, we could even ask, you know, what is my guiding light? And it's good if you make it specific. To a specific situation as i said because guiding lights can be you know contextual um and then from there it, the unraveling will be a, a natural a natural process really now 
MPA can certainly help you. One of the things about MPA is it's it's really, it's DNA, if you like, are based on those principles of animation, no agenda, no dogma, which will in and of itself mean that the, if you like, the, the doors of your mind will be wide open. That makes you so much more receptive when it comes to inquiry. So you can use uh, the MPA process alongside the inquiry to help you really open into that. Again, if you haven't already downloaded the sheet, you can go and do that. Uh, again, go to joyongmpa.com or to today's show notes, and you'll see a link all over everything that I do. <laughs> it's got a link so you can download the sheet for free. I want you to get it in your hands, which will give you the words to the process. Um, and also an invitation to come and get the basic training, which is our really our core training. Um, and the first step, if you want to find out more, will help you know how to use it in this context. Um, but the way I would see it help you is, is even just if you just do some MPA before you start. So I'd think about, you know, when it comes to my guiding lights, you know, what would I like to experience, which is a version of the, there's two questions with MPA. Question one, what would I like to experience? Uh, that's a question two, actually. Um, but then from there, you just go through the process, which is you have a spew, you can write it out, see what comes up and then doing the MPA on whatever the keyword or cookie cutter is, will, <clears throat> excuse me, will help you to, really align with the vibration that makes you the most open you can be before you go into the inquiry. So it's a it's, it's a great pre-activity setting process MPA can be. And this is a context where it would work really well for there. And then once once you, you have some, you can, again, you might maybe write them down or make a note of what comes to you in relation to what are your guiding lights. Then it's really a matter of trying them out, um, experiencing them and, and then seeing how they feel. So, you know, the, and the question really is, are they working? <laughs> you might write something down. And this is true. Say you've done the more kind of digital approach of just writing a list from your mind. This is where if you try them out, you'll you'll find out pretty quickly if they work for you or if they they you know, you find these graunches in them when you use them or they're just not effective, then it means that you need to um, either clarify them. Um, it might be about getting clear on what they are or amend them to change them. Um, again, if you've got no dogma, you can easily throw them out, right? It's like, that's not working. Throw it out. Start again. Start with a blank piece of paper, uh, metaphorically, um, you know, what really matters to me <laughs> in this situation, it can give you a sense. And and you'll find that, you know, you might need to do it quite, um, quite live if you've got a decision, say, looming with you right now that you're wrestling with. It might be, well, this is just about making the decision. Well, it is. But if you bring in the guiding light principle, the idea of having a guiding light, you can say, well, that that's something that I can take forward out of this particular decision I'm working on and apply this guiding light in other similar contexts. And you may find, as, as I did, that actually that makes the thing a whole lot easier. Um you know, and one of the things, if you find, say, that you 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 actually pretty aware of what those guiding lights are, and it it, it pops out pretty easily, um, then what do you do? Well, well, once you find your guiding lights, then it's really about making it more conscious. So, uh, the more you can bring it consciously to play. So, in the early days, with is it kind to me? I would literally stop and ask, "Is it kind to me?" You know, literally to myself, "Is it kind to me?" I would ask the questions. That's that was because I had to bring the practice of of consciously applying uh, the guiding light in different 
situations and then as you practice it like any practice it, it moves from that sort of they call it unconscious competence where you you know what it is that you you need to do but you need to practice it to unconscious competence which is where it's automatic so for me that is it kind to me is more automatic now occasionally i might need to specifically say it but once you find them or if you know what they are but maybe you're not using them often then it's that bringing the bringing more consciousness more more positive action to actually invoking them in different situations and then again the process as is with all of life is refining you know if you need to add something remove something if you find as you bring more consciousness to it because it may be that you've got a legacy um, something which you might say oh that's a guiding light i've already been using um, it's good to run it through the test with where you're at in your life now um, because we can you know, I, I would question, is it kind to me? I mean, regularly go, is, does that still working for me? Yes, it still does. Okay, great. But it may be at times like, is it kind was one that lasted for a long time before that. Uh, it, it was like, that's not, that's not really always hitting the marks. So there must be something else. So if you find that you've got one that you're kind of aware of, maybe you haven't been using it, you start using it and you hit the sort of, oh, I'm not sure it's working. That's where you can sort of, is there anything I need to add to it, amend it, change it? Because the more, again, the more you clarify these guiding lights and then practice them, bring them into your life, the easier it will be for you to navigate the this life, which is a series of decisions in a way which is both fluid, fulfilling, because it keeps you connected to you. All right, all right, that's it for today. I hope you found this episode inspiring, useful. Um, it's given you pause for thought. Do make sure, do you know, if it resonates with you, go ahead and do it. It doesn't take long just to sort of ask the question, you know, what really matters to me in this situation? Close your eyes if, you, if that helps you. Let the answer find you. Write it down. Give it a whirl. Give it a try and see how that will help you move forward in making your decisions. As ever, if you haven't subscribed already to this podcast, why? Why haven't you subscribed? <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> I would love you to subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. It just takes a calorie to click that button. And it means, you know, you can be um, let know when each episode comes out. Uh, and you can subscribe on all the usual platforms. If you're on YouTube, you know how to do it. If you're on iTunes, you know how to do it. Hit that subscribe button and you'll be notified when each of these new episodes come out. Um, what else I need to say to you? Oh, yes, and tell people about it. I'd love you to share it. Um, if you like what you've heard today, go and tell someone. Um, if you think it will help them, if you've got someone who's struggling with decisions, say, well, there's this great podcast called The Be a Brilliant Human or Be a Brilliant Human with Joel Young. Go search it on your favorite podcast platform or send them to beabrillianthuman.com, the website, and they can listen to it. Uh, check out the show notes and even check out the other two episodes that I mentioned. I actually mentioned three, so there'll be three in the notes today. Um, episodes that are there that can support them. So um, do the kindness to them, if it's kind to you, of telling them about this episode and this podcast. Um, and let me know if you do that, you know, hit me up on social media at Joel Young MPA for the most part and places like Twitter and Instagram um, and Facebook as well. And MPA Rocks is the page on Facebook as well as there is a BeABrillantHuman.com page on, um, on Facebook as well. Go to those places. 
um, and just let me know. Say, hey, I shared your podcast and I would love to be able to thank you personally for that. If you've got any ideas that you would like or, or things you'd like me to share on the show or to talk about on the show, again, you can always let me know. In fact, on the website, on the BeABrilliantHuman.com website, there's a button you can press and leave me a voice message. Um, and, you know, I can put that into the show if that's something, if you're okay with that, let me know. Um, if you want to ask a question, it'd be great to have a, some listeners' questions that I could answer. That'd be a great show, actually. So what's on your mind? Let me know. What would you like to, what's your dilemmas? What's happening in your life that you could use with some support with? Um, reach out and let me know. Right, that's me for today. Um, have a fantastic week. We're rocking along in November already here in the UK. We're back in lockdown. Oh, the joys. <laughs> But uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. Big hugs to you. And all that remains is to cue the moo. Mm-hmm.